Hi, I'm Michael Hutchins from Excess. Thank you very much for coming backstage with Access All Areas, okay? Hope you have a good time. Welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in Excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Inexos Access All Areas, episode one thirty-one, the podcast that dives deep into all things great about our favourite band, Inexos. Doing it with a bunch of patrons, doing it with a bunch of international fans and listeners, and doing it with my compadre B. How are you? How are things? I'm very good, thank you. And I tried not to put you off this time. This is true. But uh, for those who don't know, B likes to do some very much facial mannerisms <laughs> and fingers and victory signs and certain salutes as I try to do my introduction, but she held back today. So <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty excited about today's episode because we're back talking nerdy stuff today, but more of that later. What have you been up to in your in excess world this week? Because I think you've got a few little nuggets for this week's episode that uh, have come your way, even a very, very exciting donation from a very loyal patron who wants to remain nameless. Yes. But uh, without stealing your thunder, how's your in excess week been? My in excess week has been quite quiet, actually, more a change. Oh, okay. Yes, it's okay. been very subdued I think it's been good though because I wasn't too well in the week was I so it's quite nice just to be a bit more relaxed and I've had a few days off work and uh, yeah I've been doing things I think you're getting a little bit cocky and arrogant B. Because, Am I? <laughs> yeah, because if this was two and a half years ago and, and if I said to you, you've had three or four back and forth emails with Gary Beers oh, right. and one or two <laughs> donations from patrons and dealing with Blair from Don't Change, you would say it's a ginormous in excess uh, Well, you know, uh, yeah, you're being right. a little bit like okay. oh, just a normal week. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And and Danny Sabre is in the mix as well, oh, which is very and, exciting. And Nick Egan as well. And Nick Egan, yeah. Well, Sorry, you know, it please, just seems please, quite normal. Normal now, yeah, B's uh, hanging out with the uh, the Kardashian types sort of uh, <laughs> attitudes now, aren't you, B? on and this, this is a bit of news but because sure. i just love this man so much chris kafaro because it's wednesday today as we're recording started yeah. his exhibition today in sydney and yes. we did put those details into our description on our website so if you are interested you're in sydney there but if you do miss him in sydney he's told me he's going to be in melbourne in june Okay. So you'll see the same exhibition then. Okay. Right. I better All say right. that because um uh, yeah, we 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 love Chris, he's adorable. Yeah. Now, a couple of little things. Uh I did mention at the uh end of last week, B, that I was uh Hayden News here, uh that <laughs> I was gonna have lunch with four Americans who were the four probably oh. biggest uh, in excess fans. So uh, big shout out to uh, Rebecca, not Samantha. Okay. Oh, I did get it right. You got it right, you got it right. Her husband, her husband David. Who you yeah. used to play, mm-hmm. well, still plays. Actually, they, they met together in a Scottish type sort of band, military band, etc. They probably got it wrong, but uh, oh, okay. he plays the bagpipes and he's played with Rod Stewart oh, wow. and ACDC before oh, live on stage. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a museum uh, there, and I sort of told them a bit about the ACDC film clip yeah. down Swanson Street here in Melbourne. And also, we had Cindy and Karen there the other day. Now, these four people met in the early two thousand and in excess gig. And the last 20 years have been sort of, you know, lifelong in excess alumni. 
Aww. And we had lunch at uh, Abbey Road Cafe, named Beatles <laughs> one, yeah. uh, in Ackland Street. And uh, I had a bunch of duplicates, B, of some stuff that I had three, four copies of and a couple of little things. I gave them a Clemo's book oh, and uh, a bunch of little CDs and some, some double ups and things. And they all went back to America, I think on Monday, happy campers. Yeah. And we have, uh, uh, they, they just to let you know, went all up to about 15 to 20 episodes of Rockstar in Excess. Oh, fantastic. So they'll be coming on our show as eyewitness accounts. I went to two episodes. They've been to 15, 20. They were there wow. when uh, Tim said, you're right for our band, JD. <laughs> so, no, they're such cool girls. I'm I'm glad that I hung out with them too. And I did get um, them some postcards from Chris Cafaro as well. So I feel like I gave them a few goodies as well. So, yeah. Yes. Hello, girls and boy. Yes. God, he must have a good set of lungs on him then to play the well, right parts. Well, yeah, no, he, uh, he definitely uh, looked like he could. Uh, breathe uh, quite a lot, but uh, mm-hmm. he, he he was very very insightful about his experience with Roddy Stewart and you know, ACDC. Yeah. He said they were great people to work with, and that was pretty cool. Mm, that's a now, good story. Yes, what? Now, anything else come across your table this week worthy of just giving a hint of or sneak peek? I think a hint mm-hmm. of that um, the one thing. I think we mentioned it last week, but I took more note of it this week and I listened today and I can't remember what the band's called now, but I Oh, it's in my news section. Yes. Oh, I'm going to get right, to well, that. Well, we'll get that to that because, yeah. whoa. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, yes. Wow. Now, now yes. I, oh, yeah, I also gave our American friends four little uh, QR code, little uh, access to hilarious passes to take back to America with a job of... Uh, <laughs> With a job of having as many people scan our QR You're making code them into to, scouts. <laughs> well, make them into QR codes uh, scanners, not scammers, okay? <laughs> so hopefully we'll get a little bit of a spike there. But um, I guess quickly last week, you know, our episode came out a little bit late last week. Yeah, with, sorry uh, about that, Production everyone. duties. Uh, but thanks for everybody who really downloaded pretty fast. Um, yeah. uh, I think we... Uh, Probably got a bit indulgent there with that episode, but uh, it was great being on tour with the, the cover band and being able to then also mix with uh, a lot of in excess people. That I know Rebecca the other day, she she said this sort of line that resonated with me because when I got out of the car at Abbey Road, Original Sin came on the radio, right? And when I got there, she said something I was thinking about because I was driving into the lunch and I'm thinking, it's really cool hanging out with in excess people who think the same way. Yeah. And during lunch, she said the same thing. And I was like, oh, jinx, yeah. you know what I mean? Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, it's always great hanging out with people who are on that same wavelength, B. Oh, awesome. I mean, the whole weekend that we had with everybody mm. was like that, wasn't it? It was just mm. great. Since we've done um, last week's episode, which only went out a few days ago, like you said, we've had an amazing amount of downloads. And we've also had a bit of feedback as well. And a lot of people have said, please come over to uh, Melbourne and do the same. So I was thinking, oh, perhaps we should do a different tribute band. What do you think? Well, of course, yeah, absolutely. Mm. We can uh, I, I, we can save some cash on flights for me and get you down here, and uh, <laughs> that'll be pretty cool. Although we we did the an excessive one the other well six eight weeks ago, which we probably I don't know if we downloaded some footage onto our platforms. I'm sure we did, but yeah, it'd be great to sort of do something similar. And I reckon the Don't Change Boys could still come down here and carve a good niche out of the oh, market as well. I mean, yes, I'd love to go with the Don't Change Boys, but I like to spread hmm. myself about a bit. I would yeah. like to go to um, Perth. Metaphor- Metaphorically speaking. No, I like spreading myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, ladies. <laughs> See, you should, have been at the, you should have been at the after party. <laughs> right, okay. No, I'm joking. Sorry, James. <laughs> I'm, uh, I was thinking Perth. Perth. The Need You Tonight boys, I'd like to go and see them. Yeah, the What You Need boys. What you need, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These just basically, for those in America, have picked going from New York to Alaska in terms of distance. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, not an easier task. But I reckon Queensland would be good. I reckon the Whit Sundays up there wouldn't be bad. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. A lot going up between Early Beach and Cairns with the cover bands. I definitely feel we need to go on tour, mate. Well, this probably brings us to something we need to do for that to happen, and that is have more patrons and people who can join in on our escapades and get this band into the Hall of Fame. B, over to you to welcome patrons aboard. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Hello to our honorary members, Tim Ferris, Nick Egan, Mock Opitz, Richard Simpkin, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones and Paul Jolie. 
our paying patrons that help this show to continue. Thank you so much for everything. Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah, Mark and Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa, Mac, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Matt, Linda, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin and Val. Happy birthday and I hope you had a lovely time in Paris. Jim, Matey, Kelly, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve. Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Yari, Laos, Heidi, Paula, Linda, Lisa, Angie, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Nicole, Tracy, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, and Shane. And our special mentions are to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, Paul Boozy, and Jay Finlayson. Thank you very much, and welcome to the podcast. Everybody's saying how much they love the show. Jump on board for a cup of coffee a week or, you know, a, a pint of beer or two a week. Uh, join in our community where you will have uh, great access, I guess, be within our patron community, not just to being a member, but you get access to questions to band members. We've got Gary's interview that was postponed, B, uh, we believe now to December 18th. So you've got, you got another 11 days to get in questions to, to ask Gary Beers. And if you're not a patron, we won't ask questions for you. So all the reason to be part of a patron community, B. Yeah, and I'll just let you know how to become a patron because um, some people um, are not on the Podbeam app. So you do need to get onto the Podbeam app and it's just at the top it says become a patron. And the prices are in American dollars because Podbeam is American dollars, just so you know. And the tier go from $5 for bronze and then all the way up to platinum where we throw everything at you for 30 bucks uh, a month. And wow, there's so many of you that do that and we thank you. Absolutely. All right, B. Well, uh, topic week, uh, we're going to be coming into uh, compilations today and something we've mooted for a while where we wanted to, I guess, consolidate, you know, the InXS brand catalogue and uh, come 1994, it was really the, well, I guess the second time, uh, arguably, that they'd put a compilation together. Uh, we'll break down the two occasions a little bit later, but uh, really good uh, chance for uh, listeners who were unaware that uh, they released three greatest hits in, well, actually four greatest hits in four different regions, which we're going to sort of elaborate on a little bit later because they had different hits in different countries at different times. So hopefully you'll get a bit out of that and stack up your collection accordingly. While I'm thinking about it, I want to say a big thank you to Genevieve who gets our visuals together. She's popping around everywhere. She's over in Edinburgh at the moment on a photo shoot and she still finds the time to um, volunteer and help the podcast. So thank you, Genevieve. Well done. All right, B, what's the time for? It's time for the news. Hi, this is Sarah from Sydney. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas, and now it's time for the news. All right, B. Well, the album still is in the top 50. It has gone down from 49 to 50, so it's hanging in by a thread. Um, but maybe all the goodwill with Michael and the band and everything the last couple of weeks, it can consolidate higher. Also to be uh, at the time of recording, uh, our little trade-off between us, the uh, mixtape uh, recording, uh, I'm sitting at 444 and you're 430, B. So I've taken a bit of a leap to 14 downloads ahead of you. Ooh, well done. <laughs> Come on, everybody. What's wrong with mine? <laughs> so B's mixtape is a fraction behind, but yeah. uh, well done to the smart people out there. Uh, and <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Um, on straightening up a little bit, uh, the band you were thinking a bit earlier was Shiner, a metal That's act right. who have released a new cover version of The One Thing. 
So uh, we will, the powers of editing, might add that in as uh, as I'm talking. But uh, it is a really metalled up version of the one thing and it sounds really cool. Over to you, B. Yes, thank you to Laurie. She did a great post on, on that. So if you want to go and listen to it, get onto our Facebook page and Twitter and you can download and listen to the song. Way back, oh, probably about a year ago now, we had a great guy on called Peter Toulouse. He was a friend of Mary's. He did some recording with In Excess, the band, at the Pickle Parrot, I think it was, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and he's written a lovely little um, little thing here about the song, about Shiner's song. He says, love the fuzzy tones and threatening voice. Wish they'd played with the arrangements a little bit more and slowed it down. Let it simmer, but a treat and always an honour to hear those great songs preserved. But I love the visuals, the cover. How creative was that? Mm, 100%. It's a dog holding a dog. So the dog that's holding the dog has got four arms around it. So there's like six legs going on. It's very clever. Absolutely. Mm. Also, too, uh, in information, uh, the Don't Change Boys, hello, Karen Peters, uh, heading over to Perth uh, in the new year, and they've got a bunch of shows over there. I think they're playing uh, on Australia Day in Perth. So uh, for those who have uh, seen the What You Need guys, well, have a comparison. Uh, The Don't Change Boys are coming your way, and they will blitz accordingly. Um, I also think they might be playing in Caloundra on the 20th, I believe, uh, as well in Queensland. Also, B, something came across my desk this week. You might not have heard this news, okay? This is uh, hot off the press. But the Perth Symphony Orchestra on the 29th of April next year are doing at HBF Stadium, okay, a big orchestral gig of in excess songs called Devil's Thieves and sinners. Get me a ticket now. Uh, <laughs> get me a ticket now. How do we get tickets, Hayden? Uh, you can go on and buy them as we speak. Right. And uh, <laughs> it is also going to be sort of big orchestral versions, but Mig, the little pixie Aussie Asian guy from Rockstar in Excess, will be actually singing at that gig certain Ooh, tracks. Right. So that's uh, in Mount Claremont at the HBF Stadium. So it's a pretty, I think it's a soccer stadium there. It's priced and set up to be a pretty big thing. So so uh, maybe uh, all the reasons to head over to Perth for a few times next year. I reckon. Hello, hello new patrons. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Devils, Thieves and Sinners. What a cool name for a tour. Oh, I love it. I'd like to yeah. know who's behind all of that. Yeah, so uh, you can go on to, you know, just Google that into your search engines within Australia or overseas and you can check that out. Also, too, uh, I wanted to just highlight something, B. Now, this has come across my desk this week. I've had a, a phone call and I've been doing a bit of research. Some of you will know that uh, there is a book that is going to be coming out uh, next year regarding uh, NXS fans uh, in terms of being on tour and having two anecdotes and stories. So if you do go onto inaccess.com, you will see there is an interactive page there where you can submit stories. I can share with the listeners, there's probably going to be three editions, a super deluxe uh, book, uh, a deluxe book, and then maybe a more regular paperback book, uh, likely as a third option. Uh, between the Inaccess website and Management B, uh, they are very excited to use our podcast as an opportunity between around about February and about June next year, have Fan of the Week that we can interview ourselves and then we can upload on the Inaccess po- uh, website and have that personal Fan of the Week share just anecdotally a little audio uh, or video of their story, which will go onto the Inaccess website. Oh, how cool for you guys. You've got to get on to this. You've got yes. to e- email us first, I reckon. What do you yeah, reckon? Well, I think they're going to ask, uh, and I'll get some, we'll get something out, but mm-hmm. uh, if you go onto the website, you will see there is directions as to just just submit. Yeah. There's a submissions uh, email address there, and, you, and apparently what I'm understanding is that every submission will be listened to yeah. and recorded and tabulated, and it'll only be if they triple up on the same story the same way it's been t- spoken, but this is going to be very comprehensive. They're going to be putting thousands of entries into oh, this. Oh, wow. Well, this so, is so it's an opportunity stories. that for anyone who's been to an excess gig from 1980 through to you know, 2012, yeah. get your story out there. Um, it will be captured, captured uh, tabulated and recorded, uh, and you will get a chance between February and June, between the publishing time, We'll be able to have uh, that person come onto our podcast. We'll then be able to upload that onto the NXS website. So you'll go not only global with us, you'll go global with the website too. Oh, so wow. 
pretty excited oh, about that. I'm excited for everybody, especially yes. the Rebeccas of the world. <laughs> yes. And there's one or two more things we're trying to work out to align ourselves, you know, to maybe mm-hmm. some, some merch and things. I'll keep everyone posted on that. Excellent. Don't anything to confirm just yet. Perfect. Well done, Hayden. Thank you. Also, too, B, there was a little post this week, I think, from uh, Bono and on one of our uh, other platforms, or not our platforms, one of the rival in excess platform, but one that we embrace, uh, where I think it's an excerpt from my, uh, from sorry Bono's book, uh, which we said a few weeks ago. I want to read the whole thing before I sort of pass judgment, but there was quite a lovely little clip there that we sort of set onto our platforms where Bono uh, does almost like a, a letter to Tiger. Okay, well, if you pass it here, I'll read it out. Okay, so this is all about um, In Excess, Never Tear Us Apart. Dear Tiger Lily, nobody ever had a better time than Michael Hutchins and nobody else ever had a better time than when they were with him. Light on his feet and light on the head, he always appeared to be where he was meant to be. Whoever Michael was with was his current assignment and he took it on with the impish charm of a golden age Hollywood sophisticate. Like all great charmers, he had absolutely no agenda apart from the desperate need to charm every single human being he met. He was adored and adorable, a dancer who made others dance, down to earth and a rock and roll smile a mile wide. And a lot of hair in the video. Yes, Tiger, Yadar was someone that everyone was happy to see and happiness is the ultimate form of genius as we all know. A fan once said to Cary Grant, when I see you in a movie, I wish I was you. Grant famously replied, so do I. A lot of singers know what it meant, but the bigger the front, the bigger the back and all of that. So that's why my favourite is this one, Never Tear Us Apart. Another great production from Chris Thomas. On a ballad like this, Chris lets us all listen to the Thief Steel Hearts, his own. His voice and heartbreak at the same time. There are soulful lyrics, but Andrew Farris's melodies appears from another age and leaves the whole affair timeless. And yes, what a great band the singer was in. Bless you, Bono. Uh, and the last one, B, right just after we recorded our last episode there, the sad, sad news came through that Fleetwood Max Chrissy McVie passed away after, I think, a brief, uh, you know, battle with a, with an illness. And, you know, Chrissy McVie... For those who don't know, probably, you know, shun the limelight a little bit and people always associate Fleetwood Mac with Stevie Nicks and, and Lindsay Buckingham. But pound for pound, uh, Chrissy wrote more hits than the other two virtually combined. So when you, when you hear songs like Little Lies and I Want to Be With You Everywhere, uh, uh, you know, You Make Love and Fun, Songbird, uh, Say You Love Me, uh, Don't Stop, all these songs she uh-huh. wrote. You know, she was a real catalyst for those those tracks, and she spent um, about fifteen years out of the band because she suffered a little bit of agoraphobia. She sort of semi-retired onto the British estate, but then about you know seven eight years ago, she got the itch to come back, and I'm glad she did because I got to see her play with them uh, the last time they were in Australia, uh, at uh, well in Melbourne particularly, and yeah, it was a real sad loss to see her go. Yeah, very sad news, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What, what song shall we play? Oh, I think uh, Don't Stop. That was a little crowd-pleasing toe-tapper. But, yeah, really, really sad. So, Valet, Chrissy, what a a life worth living and uh, 79 fantastic years on the planet. Thank you for the music, sweetheart.
car, traveling around Sydney somewhere. I don't know where we're going. And uh, we're listening to Triple J, which is a really good station in Sydney. They used to always play young bands. We just had our first single out, and they played it. It was very strange. Going, oh no, everybody's listening to it. Quite embarrassing, really. And another time, seeing ourselves on television being interviewed and thinking, God, what an arrogant bunch. <laughs> being really embarrassed. <laughs> but it's strange to have to constantly look at yourself and things like that. So I try and keep away from it. I don't really read or take notice of anything. Just do it and leave it alone. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. All right, B, we're going to get into that topic of the week, which is going to be talking about our compilation series of In Excess albums. And we're going to specifically focus on the 1982 to 1994 period. So it's almost like part one of our compilations discussion. I guess, B, I thought I might open up and say, why do you think record companies release compilations? To make money. <laughs> <laughs> they do. So, look, sometimes they come from a good place and sometimes they come from a bad place. And uh, a lot of bands would probably uh, have a very similar experience to this. But uh, if we relate to In Excess and we go into the first compilation that was released by them, uh, and we're talking official compilations. I'm not talking uh, cut and paste jobs you can buy out of a, a pirated place in Bali uh, or Thailand. We're talking official record company sanctioned releases. So if we look at the first particular release of In Excessive, which was uh, released uh, midway through, I think, 80, 1982, uh, it's got a beautiful cover on it, hasn't it, with all the boys dressed in nice sort of, uh, well, not dressed, but this looks like a superimposed colour scheme on their yes. shirts. Yeah, it looks great. Blue and yellow and red mm. and all these colours. Pretty there. funky, isn't it? Yeah. So this is probably an example where the band uh, themselves and probably Chris Murphy wasn't happy about a greatest hits because you've got a band that's two and a half years old, barely two mm. albums out on their debut label, Deluxe. And because they left the label to go to uh, you know Warner's and a bigger, bigger uh, label that could service their needs across the world. Deluxe naturally uh, thought, okay, well, let's do a money grab. We'll cash in. <laughs> we own the uh, the uh, the tracks, I guess, or the rights mm. to the first two albums. So what you've probably seen on this particular release is a compilation to sort of cash in uh, on those passive fans who probably may have heard a Stay Young on the radio, uh, may have purchased a, a Just Keep Walking, uh, may have uh, heard a, a Night of Rebellion or uh, an Underneath the Colours uh, single, or even maybe participated in getting The Love One, which was, a, uh, as we've said previously, a Richard Clapton produced track and a cover to keep them in the zeitgeist between album one and two. So mm-hmm. what you see <clears throat> see on this particular compilation, B, is a record company cash grab, albeit, I must say, it got me hooked on the band back in early 82 because this was a uh, an album on vinyl that one of my best friends owned at the time. And when I go to his house, he had this particular album. He had some singles, uh, 45, uh, you know, singles of these, of these uh, tracks. And it probably got me into knowing the band a little bit uh, in this particular stage. So in a weird way, it probably worked in attracting me like the old Venus flytrap, you know, zonked me into the, uh, the NXS zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's the best of, but this has got yeah. a little bit extra as well, which you wouldn't correct. have flipped if you hadn't have bought a certain no. single and then you would have had the B-side. So, Correct, yeah. correct. So I think there's, yeah, there's 21 tracks between album one and two. Obviously on this particular one, I think there's 14 tracks here uh, and they've, they've been able to combine sort of a bit of a mix of those. So I'll go through that in a little bit in a, uh, in a moment. Um, I guess our terms of reference a little bit as we do our compilation discussions, uh, as I said earlier, it's not going to be, you know, cut and paste jobs or, you know, um, certain companies uh, outside the band's management who were able to just, you know, pirate sort of slap bang copies together of things. So it won't include any sort of unofficial releases. Uh, it won't include any live album discussions because they aren't they aren't best ofs. They're live albums. And I think also too, I want to highlight for everybody, but there is a difference 
and some people may not realise this, there is a difference between the greatest hits of a band uh, and the very best of. And for those who don't know, um, you know, it's generally argued the greatest hits are what, you know, the the band had chart success with. When you see something that's the very best of, often you'll find it will be the hits plus also maybe uh, some album tracks or a couple of uh, songs that the band never released as singles that have developed a bit of a following through maybe live performances or just reputation over the years. So often a very best of is a band themselves saying, well, these are the songs that we think represent us as a band and it's not just the hits. So I thought I'd just sort of introduce that a little bit because these releases are generally hits-based, not so much a very best of. Well, I'm glad you're actually going through these because I must admit it isn't only recently that I found this particular um, album because I I didn't get to, you know, be in Australia. Hmm. I think you will say, actually, was this particular album only released in Australia at the time in 82? Yeah, it was pretty much a, a deluxe sort of local release. The band didn't really have much international sort of international representation with distribution, so it was pretty much local. And I think over the years, I know uh, certain fans within my friendship community, uh, when it came out on CD, it was like a big thing because think about it, you know, CDs didn't really come in for another five or six years. Uh, and then uh, people from overseas, uh, I know, uh, have been really excited to get it on vinyl because, uh, again, they didn't have access to it then. So it's been a bit of a real collector's addition to the mix, and I'm sure both Pedro and Dave Gordon would probably get plenty of requests for this and see this as a bit of a vital one to add to their collections um, or their fans' collections, that is. Did you say it was on cassette as well? Well, it is. I first had it on cassette. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how I first got it and played it. Um, uh, I remember it was at uni and stuff like that when I first had access to the actual uh, tape version of it. So it was probably quite easy to get the tape, uh, more so in the early 90s and the late 80s. But, yeah, ultimately it was initially a vinyl tape release, uh, made it to CD. And I don't know if you can stream it now. Is it on streaming platforms, B? Yeah, maybe something we, we could check out for people. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, because there is a few nuggets on here that is just distinctive from uh, – anything on the first two albums, which we'll, we'll go through in a moment. But um, just a little bit of a sort of a facts here. Uh, it was released by Deluxe in 82. Uh, it was only a couple of months between this going out and then Shabu Shabar going out. So, uh, again, I could imagine that management, be it Chris Murphy and, and, and the new management, were probably not that, you know, excited about it going out. However, I think it probably did them a favour because it did at least give Pasty fans a set a chance to consolidate four or five known radio tracks and singles and things that were around and people could get that little foray into it. I know certain bands like Silverchair and other bands that have been with labels and swap labels after 83, maybe four albums, have had suddenly these rushed, you know, best ofs come out or greatest hits come out as, again, a cash grab for them. But um, often bands see greatest hits as the end of their career, not the start of their career, you know. (laughs) So I think that uh, this is an example here where, you know, I said it didn't ultimately affect the band too badly uh, in hindsight. But it's got in here It's pretty far out Yeah, we're all just Learning how to smile We're looking out to you We're looking out to you And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you Soon after Shabu Shabar came out and I felt as a new listener or as a new fan, I was on a little bit of a roll of knowing a bit about them. And then, you know, the, the loved one came, uh, not the loved one, the one thing came out. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is the band that I've been into recently in the last 12 months. All up on the uh, the album is 14 tracks. Back in the day, uh, we didn't have the ARIA charts back then. We had a thing called the Kent Report in Australia. Uh, it did chart on that, although uh, numbers aren't available really through d- diving deep. As I said, it's a bit of a collector's item. There's some interesting B-sides and certain songs that are added that aren't on the first two uh, album releases, be it the debut album and uh, Underneath the Colours. The first one on here is a funny song called Lack of Vocal. Okay, (laughs) which I remember at the time thinking, you know, as a a youngster looking at that word, I couldn't pronounce it. Later on, when I was a bit old and could read properly, I was like, that's funny because it really is stay young without vocals. (laughs) 
Yes, yes. And um, it's hard to find if you try and write it out it's, yes. um, on YouTube or whatever yes, you want to do. Yes, there's a lack of vocal. I, I mm. thought it was La Vocala or something like yeah. that. Or <laughs> you know, like a Ricky Martin off track, uh, Peter La Vocala. But uh, it's lack of vocal. And it really is, I think, an early recording of Stay Young without uh, fully fledged uh, audio, uh, you know, lyrics from Michael. Mm. Can I just add just yep. a little bit in there? Um, yep. So if you did want to um, listen to it and you can't find it on iTunes or whatever platform you want to listen to it, if you put it in in excess B-sides, they all come up and, and you can find it quite easily there yeah. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, there's a good little sort of uh, video on there uh, which – uh, highlights some of these particular tracks on uh, YouTube, so you'll see some some created sort of post uh, film clips on them, which I'll I'll elaborate in a moment. But uh, yeah, so you've got lack of vocal there. You've got another couple of songs that are a bit similar in sort of range and vintage. One's called Prehistoria, mm-hmm. and the other one's called uh, The Unloved One. So both of those ones are a bit in the vein of Three Sisters. They're sort of uh, yeah. uh, they sound like sort of almost deep forest, uh, you know, those mm. sort of uh, outdoor tribal tribal mm. things. Ones uh, I think um, The Unloved One's got a bit of an indigenous flavour to it in terms of mm. the uh, the sonics there. Um, and then they also added the two non-album singles uh, that came out. One was Simple Simon, which was the very first single. Yep. Somehow didn't make it onto the official first album. Yeah. Also The Love One, which was between album one and two. So there's sort of five tracks added uh, onto this sort of particular compilation. Then there's nine songs themselves mm. uh, from the first two albums. So It's a nice um, bridge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, and I just just remember growing up with this sort of compilation more than the first two albums. It's always felt like songs like Lack of Vocal and, and uh, oh, yeah, one more, We Are the Vegetables, I forgot to mention. I was going to say, I wondered when you was going to yeah, mention that. We you Are put, the Vegetables. You put oh, veggies in the... Uh... <laughs> yes, 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 veggies. So I, I, everybody, I did a bit of a shorthand for B. I put it veggies down here. <laughs> yeah, I always sort of felt like these songs were quite synonymous with their first two albums, but it just when I went back and did this uh, deep dive, I just realised that, um, yeah, this was actually on the compilation and, you know, they were sort of out on track. So, um, but they are part of my DNA in some ways, these tracks and things mm. I'm learning a bit about the bands and quite experimental in some of these things and then you know like a lot of things they don't always make the cut spoke about it before there but I think just visually it's it's pretty cool you know mm. the uh, the six band members there all sort of merged in standing up obviously it's not expensively produced but uh, I just love the colours I think you know if you look yeah. at it as just a visual I thought it was pretty cool and you could argue it's better than the next greatest hits we're talking well, about in terms of covers as well. Well, so. if you think about, you know, their first, uh, well, like Underneath the Colours and Shibu yeah. Shibar, you know, they're, they're not on the album, are they? The, no. the, the band are on. So it's good to have yeah. a visual of the actual band. Yes, that's right, because they really didn't appear themselves really no. collectively on an album until the swing. So yeah. um, I guess that represents those things too. With those who do go back and sort of listen to something like, you know, uh, Prehistoria, uh, you could see the bit of an influence from that German band Kraftwerk that went into yeah. that sort of electronic sound at the time. And uh, if you do look at um, uh, one of the videos there, I think of that Prehistoria, it's sort of got a big elephant video there. It's quite interestingly sort of put together. <laughs> you know, I think that We Are The Vegetables too had a bit of a Sex Pistols sound to it too, didn't it, B? You could sort yeah, of see the band. Yeah. And quite punky influence on that and things like that, straight out of the Sex Pistols handbook. <laughs> and uh, uh, and they're all singing, which is really yeah. fun. Yeah, I sort of, they're all I having sort of, a laugh with it. it. It's one of the songs that I think if I was back there in time and got to see them live, I'd probably love to see that song ahead of so many other songs because I'd be like, imagine Michael would go, we are the vegetables. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it makes no in. sense. <laughs> That's right. It makes no real sense, but it's such a it's such a sort of uh, you, you know hundred people crammed into a little venue, oh, all bouncing uh, around off each other. You know, you, yeah. can, you can feel the vibe with it. But um, <laughs> the but yeah. silly fun song. Yeah, and look, we'll, we'll probably by the time this goes out, we'll do a bit of research as to whether it's it's downloadable on Spotify or the different platforms. Uh, given the deluxe label is def- defunct now. Um, uh, it is sort of something, if you can get across a hard copy somewhere around the world, I would do yourself a favour. If I ever find any in Australia around the traps, I will buy a couple and then we might better send them overseas to various uh, patrons and things. But it is something we would urge you to complete your collection by getting it. 
and uh, the guys from the collectibles, uh, NXS collectibles, would probably be able to source you in the right direction for that acquisition. Now I can just see that you've got a copy of the cassette in your hand of said album in excessive. And uh, we just, during a uh, wonders of modern editing and, and pausing our podcast, decided we would like to send one of these things out around the world to some lucky uh, winner. And we might come up with a competition or a, uh, a little uh, Q&A or something like that over the next week or two, and then have this sent out to you as a winner. Okay. All right, B. Well, now we're going to move to uh, the next compilation, which ultimately took another 12 years, which was the core of the band's career until 1994, uh, where management uh, of the band in various regions around the world and various sort of record company regions decided to release their very first official greatest hits. Uh, and it's interesting, B, because as you know, being from the UK and me from Australia and many of our listeners being from Brazil and, and Japan and the UK, a fantastic amount of hits that resonated in different countries. So I really like, uh, I guess as a compliment to the various record companies, like the fact that they were able to distribute this particular greatest hits with different content for the relevant countries with the relevant hits. So for those who are unaware, if you lived in the, in Australia, uh, you uh, effectively picked up a 20-track best of, or sorry, I should say greatest hits at that particular time. If you were in the UK or Japan, you picked up an 18-track uh, edition. Uh, if you were actually uh, in the USA, you picked up a 16-track edition uh, in that particular region. Uh, I think Brazil might have actually had a 14-track uh, release there. So um, I thought just for those who are unaware and those who are keen to collect, we will sort of differentiate a bit. I can say uh, to our four American friends who I said earlier in the, the podcast I had lunch with the other day, I did give away a UK version, the 18-track version, uh, to one of the lucky uh, punters the other day. And B, I must digress. When I had all of these things the other day and I was handing them around, it was quite funny. The girls were all grabbing different things. Now, I had, I decided to give the Andrew Farris beer stubby holder, right? Oh, yeah. I thought I would give that away because we can get another one of those because we're here, Signed right? one that we got. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But when I was handing out the gifts the other day and I went through each one, when I went to the stubby, Big David there had his hand out straight away for the stubby holder. <laughs> he didn't put his hand up for anything. As soon as the stubby holder, he had the hand out. I'll have that one. Thank you very much. So, uh, David, we hope you're enjoying a nice beverage in New Mexico as we speak with your Andrew Farris stubby holder. Yeah. All right. Getting back to the greatest hits. Well, um, I might just sort of give a, a little bit of a sort of a summary overall. Well, the cover on the uh, on the album, a lot of people at the time, they thought it was Michael with a tattoo. Mm. Um, because he had a sort of a quite a Michael type sort of pose there. And it wasn't Michael, it was somebody else. And in hindsight, and even at the time, I don't think it's a particularly great cover, if I'm being honest. It doesn't no. sort of doesn't sort of highlight the band. It, it feels like it's back in that sort of early 90s era where less is more and more, the band were trying yeah. to be a little bit too arty with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought for a, a greatest hits album, they, they could have had something a little more encompassing. Maybe not Wembley per se, but they could have they would have had a cavalcade of great photos. And pictures face. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. So if you're, and particularly if you're in a record store and flicking around, you don't see the side angle of the uh, or the spine of the CD, look at the front, um, you wouldn't probably know it's in excess. So look, it probably didn't help sales, albeit it did very well chart-wise. In terms of Australia, it did make its number two at the time in the charts. In uh, the UK, it made its number three. The USA beat only made it to 112 
Ooh. However, it did go platinum, which means it sold over a million copies. And Whoa. that means that it just stuck around in the top 200 for probably mm-hmm. a fair few years and just, just dribbled away and went platinum eventually, which is yeah. which is pretty cool. The album did in various regions have some bonus tracks. Now, not in all the regions. Obviously, in all of the editions, it did have The Strangest Party. Now, B, that's a particular favourite of yours, isn't it? Big favourite of mine, yes. Yeah. And uh, I think this was a, a track left over from the uh, Chris Tom sort of sessions and around the mm. full moon Dirty Hearts time. Uh, so they included that in On The Greatest Hits. In America, they did include the Deliver Me song, yeah, which was actually another sort of off-cut from earlier recordings. I don't like the song, if I'm being honest with you. It feels to me like a bit repetitive. It sounds a bit like a, a Robert Palmer vocal delivery and pardon the pun delivery, but, yeah, just always not particularly liked it. But yeah. that's just me. Others um, might, uh, up to themselves. Yeah, okay. The Strangest Party being, did happen to get into a movie not long after called The Drop Zone with uh, Wesley Snipes. I think they're jumping mm-hmm. out of a plane in that movie and they have The Strangest Party playing, Ooh, so okay. which was good. So Sales-wise, between Europe and the USA alone, the greatest hits did sell over three million copies. So well, it probably sold uh, as many as sort of "Welcome to Wherever You Are" did, and that makes sense because uh, you know a compilation of this description. People who only know an artist through their singles, a lot of the time, if you never bought an album but you like a band's singles, yeah, uh, greatest hits are also a great attraction to go. Oh well, I like about fifteen of their songs. Oh, it's a greatest hits. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I won't buy any individual albums. I'll buy the the greatest hits overall. Yeah, and I will. You I consolidate my love into one thing. <laughs> Pun again. <laughs> you know we In Australia, I guess as we've said previously a lot of the time, Inexcess had a very plentiful career before they made it internationally. So it's natural that they were going to have more tracks on the release uh, locally here uh, with emphasis on some of the early career successes. So um, you will find songs on this particular release uh, relating to the first three, four albums that weren't uh, particularly on some of the international ones. Uh, interestingly, though, B, there were still a lot of tracks that were hits in Australia that didn't even make it to this album. Now, I thought I would share with the listeners, which is quite surprising here, but even though they had a, a greatest hits album in 1994 in Australia with 20 tracks, all bona fide hits, okay, they, well, they still didn't have room or didn't choose to put in the one thing, To Look At You, Stay Young, Dancing on the Jetty, Mystify, Bitter Tears, By My Side, Shining Star, Good Times, Baby Don't Cry, Taste It, Beautiful Girl, Please, Time, and Freedom Deep. Wow. So at the time of release in 1994, there's a Mm. dozen songs there that didn't even make it into the 20. And this sort of serves to highlight the catalogue depth that even back by 1994 they had. Yeah. If we flip over to North America, uh, they had 16 tracks on here, but there were some bizarre selections. Shall I elaborate on such a topic? Please do, Mr. Hayden Murdoch. They added Deliver Me on there, which I don't think was on the Australian edition at the time of, uh, uh, I think from my memory. They put on Shine Like It Does, which is a great song. It was never a hit. So in America, that was added on to that collection there. They put on The Stairs, which we love, but it was never a single there, nor was a hit. And yet they they didn't put Bitter Tears on that was a a, a top 50 hit over there. Mm -hmm. They didn't put Not Enough Time on there, okay, one of our favourites, which was a hit there. They didn't put anything off Full Moon Dirty Hearts on there. Wow. And they didn't put no. Uh, they didn't put Good Times on there despite it being a hit. Interesting. So if you're an American yeah. listener buying this, you know, again, it was a bit of an odd selection of some of the tracks there. Yeah. Okay. Flipping over to the UK, the band did have some differing success there. So uh, naturally, Mystify was a hit in the UK, so that was added on there. But the one thing they did in the UK edition, which was interesting the other day when I looked at it, was that it was the only edition where they put the songs all in different chronological order. So for the nerds out there like me and Pedro and Dave Gaunt and all those people, (laughs) 
on the other releases in you know America, Australia, and uh, Brazil, etc. All of the releases were done in chronological order. So from album one, they had, you know, Just Keep okay. Working and yep. all the way through to 1994. Whereas in the UK, management or whatever there, I think it's East West or Mercury there, just put all the songs in differing orders. Just, uh, just mixed said, it up. It was like they got 18 jigsaw pieces of puzzle and they just threw it down and said, okay, we'll join you up how we feel. Um, not there's anything wrong with that, but it was just interesting that was distinctive so in its release. So distinctively different. Mm. Yeah. Um, but definitely reflected on some of the UK uh, hits, although they still didn't put By My Side in or Please You Got That or, or Good Times that were all hits in the UK. So despite having 18 songs on it, there were three songs on there that weren't hits mm. they didn't put in. Australia at the time, and I think for UK fans also, um, you probably remember this, be around 1994, 95, uh, pretty big dance scene, wasn't there, coming off the Manchester scene in the late 80s, early 90s, uh-huh. was back in the decadence days, were very big on putting together, uh, I guess, uh, remixes of certain tracks and things. So um, if we look at some of the DJs that actually contributed, um, in both Australia and the UK at the time, they released a dance re- remix sort of coda album called All Juiced Up. And All Juiced Up was basically nine tracks that were remixed uh, and added to the CD, uh, the, the greatest hits at the time. You could buy it as a standalone, you could buy it as a package. There's a, a great DJ in the UK called Youth, uh, very famous as a guy who wrote the uh, little lovey ballad, uh, Sunshine on a Rainy Day. Youth uh, was also in a band uh, that, uh, called, well, it's called Killing Youth, and they were quite successful, and he's gone on to lots of wonderful things around the world. Uh, friend of the podcast, B, Nick Lorne. Yes. Uh, he was uh, responsible for the Nick Mix, mm-hmm. the 12-inch New Sensation Mix. Another guy that I reckon you danced away in the 80s, 90s, 2B, maybe the 70s. Okay, Paul Oakenfield. <laughs> yes, Mr. Oakenfield. He was big. He was massive. He was the King Charles of DJs, wasn't oh, he? Oh, he was. was, yeah. Yeah. So Paul lends himself to some of the Him and tracks. Pete Tong. Yes, correct. Uh, David Morales or Morales, depending oh, on how yeah. you pronounce it. Massive too. He was heavily involved in that. Uh, mm. And Where was uh, that boy Slim? Well, he came on, I think, a bit later in the Elegantly Wasted stuff. Oh, okay. Because if you go back to Elegantly Wasted and some of the uh, remixes there, Basement Jacks were involved in some of those. Oh, they I good. think Fat Boy Slim might have done something. Yeah. Uh, or Norman Cook, as his sort of real name goes by. Yeah. Uh, but this particular nine-track, you know, additional sort of coder album called All Juiced Up uh, had also a couple of interesting tracks on it. It actually had two versions uh, of uh, Cut Your Roses Down, which is a bit odd, uh, and they also added I'm Only Looking, which was, a, I guess, again, not a, a single but an interesting track that Brian Eno and both uh, uh, Mark Opitz worked on and was that later remixed as well. So I know, again, real collectors out there would have this uh, coder album and uh, it was a lot of fun at the time playing it because I think Australia and the UK particularly were a bit more in the dance scene. I think I think dance music sort of had a regeneration uh, many years later in the US, yeah. um, but this was more of a, an Australian-UK release only. Yeah. Like you say, Manchester came down to Birmingham and then we all went down to London. It was just this amazing scene of warehouse parties, huge gatherings of people. Um, the, the nightclub just um, just made everybody smarter. Everyone dressed up and looked more pucky. You felt good. I suppose the drugs helped, though, didn't it? Well, yes, I was waiting. For, I was. I was about to say the uh, the beverage sales went down, but was what was something else? Is that right? Yeah, speed bombs. Do you remember those? Right. <laughs> 
Uh, I was a good boy. Red cordial for me. Oh, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but look, it was a bit of an era there. And, and look, I think it just highlights that Enixus were quite ahead of their time with the dance rock sort of remix thing that, you know, maybe years later, around 2004, five onwards, Arcade Fire and, and um, you know, The Bravery and, uh, you know, base, uh, well, Basement Jacks and uh, The Killers and um, all, of the, uh, all of these sort of bands came sort of through with this sort of dance element Moby. to their rock. Moby, yeah. So um, I guess, again, it made sort of natural sense to have that sort of re- remix edition. I guess to conclude off, as I said, you know, the, 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 this, this notion probably when we look back in hindsight, you know, it's really easy in 2022 to go back and say, well, yeah, they, they missed this off of the album the time and only put this on and put that on. But um, I guess when they were at that sort of point in their, their career, um, it was a pretty heavy period for them. They'd, they'd effectively done the kick you know, album 87, toured it to 89, had a rest, you know, came back in 1990. But if you think about the releases, you got 1990X, 1991 Live Baby, Live With Wembley, 92 Welcome, 93 Full Moon, mm-hmm. and then you got 94, this compilation with some extra tracks on it and this promotion. And and Tim and Michael did quite a lot of promotion on these greatest hits. You can go to YouTube and see them sort of doing quite a lot of interviews around the globe at the time. Yeah. But it, but it sort of made sense that probably after that, they were like, look, we really need a rest and recharge the batteries. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about the, the period in question here, from 1995 the next year through to 96 and almost through to 97, the band didn't do do a lot. They had really a probably three and a half, four-year break from uh, from album recordings between Full Moon and Elegantly Wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, as we will, will you know, uh, no doubt dive deep on, they definitely uh, released some fantastic sort of best ofs and greatest hits and remix albums that we will dive deep on in the future where they probably rectified some of the errors on the earlier releases by adding extra things and and maybe just through production and technology and, and, and digital space, they're able to cram more things on and get more things out there and content quicker to the audience. So, but look, this is really 1980 to 1994, you know, a chronicling of those, you know, first 13, 14 years as an act. And um, I guess they deserved a break after all this work, B. Yes. Well, I think they did. They went on to party. I mean, Michael changed women. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. uh, I, I remember 94 was when they went on the Jules Holland show. Yeah, mm. and, and, would, and it's probably, you can sort of tell when it's quite, you can actually tell when it's 1994 with Michael's hair, can't you? <laughs> yeah. In most, it I mean, sounds weird, but in most of those shots. He looked, he looked healthy, gorgeous. he looked alive and, yeah. and, and vibrant and vital. the rest of the band. Don't get upset, boys. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I think, you know, he, he went on there and sat near the piano there with Andrew and sung away, and then I think maybe Kurt was on one of those shows of Jules with the with the saxophone bit. And, but, yeah, it was, it was obviously a good consolidation of what was a, a pretty heady first 14 years. And uh, if you don't have these particular editions, because I think some of them might be deleted now, like uh, often when a band's catalogue grows, certain certain CDs get deleted, they don't produce them anymore, um, but they may be streamable and they may be a sit-downloadable. Um, as a lot of you know, uh, streaming is not my one would. I, I'm probably more of a, a hard copy fan, B, like a bit like you too, but um, uh, or you as well. Uh, but streaming-wise, uh, I guess it is uh, some of these tracks and these sort of uh, order tracks probably are available through your platforms. Excellent. Well done, Hayden. I love that. Good research. All right. Thank you very much. And this is Manny from the UK. This is Lisa Mack from Brisbane, Australia. And this is Felicia from Everett, Washington, USA. And that's a wrap. Well, that was great again, Hayden. You do know know your nerdy stuff, don't you? Yes. Well, look, uh, hopefully people got a bit out of that and, and understand just the compilation sort of scenarios there. And as I sort of said towards the end there, I think they rectified uh, later on, particularly in the in the early 2000s, uh, a better set of, mm. you know, catalogue of greatest hits releases and things. So hope people enjoyed it. Yeah, I think they will. All right, B, fan engagement. Uh, this is your little baby project. Uh, anything you can share with the listeners about some great fans out there interacting with us? Yes, I'd like to um, say a big hello to my other team that I have, which is Australian Music. They have just hit... 33.5 thousand members to their Facebook page. Whoa, that's amazing. So I'd like to give a big shout out to Craig, Barry, Beth, 
Steve and Katrina. They do an amazing job. And I want to also say hello to my good friend, James. You've been sending me some good stuff that I've been passing over to Hayden as well. I'm in with the in crowd. I go where the in crowd goes. I'm in with the in crowd. And I know what the in crowd All right. Well, look, uh, we won't embarrass this particular person, but uh, let's just say they've been a very generous contributor to the podcast over the last couple of years. And uh, they have been, I know, I know I'm in sales. So I like to talk things up, but <laughs> I, I genuinely extra believe in this particular donation because this is just a, a product that we just can't seemingly get anymore. It's uh, Michael's book, technically speaking, I guess, Life in Pictures by Richard Simpkin, uh, but it is a black edition and it's uh, edition 193 out of 250 only printed. And it has been kindly donated to our podcast to help us, you know, generate some revenue and be able to keep this podcast going for a long time. So first of all, you know who you are in donating it and thank you. Uh, but B, uh, over to you. I know you're very excited by this particular donation, but very, very reluctant to give it up, aren't you? I'm not reluctant to give it up, nor was the anonymous um, donator. So we can't really thank him because he took, a, you know, he bought this for us. What an amazing person. We all know oh, he's a guy, man we all yeah, know yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. B, B, B would make a good witness being sort oh, of uh, sure. harpooned by, uh, you know, a couple of detectives and you've already yeah. given away 50% of the population yeah. that's not. And it's got to be somebody <laughs> who is at um, the weekend with us as well, oh, hasn't well, it? Yeah, you know, yeah. like D- the- Stop limiting it down. Limit okay? it down. Right <laughs> okay, so this is completely deluxe. It is mint, although I did notice that the inside cover of the white book has just got a little crumple on it oh my god there's michael anyway let's just put him away for a second oh my god we're going to a trance you'll be be distracted by the crumple by the picture of michael but uh, uh, this has been so lovingly put together by richard and you know there's not many of these there's only 250 out there and like hayden says this is 193 and it is a celebration of michael's life it's it's so tactile. You just, you know, you just can't put this book down once you 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 pick it up. And yeah. like Richard can't reproduce these anymore, so they are absolutely, yeah. yeah these they're, have they're got only, to be yeah, in your collection. They're only they're, the only way to get them is a really is a, a tradable scenario or a personal yeah. scenario for somebody who's already got one. And yeah. in this case here, this is a unique one that we, that uh, we've been kindly presented. It with, is so. very heavy though, guys. So the postage <laughs> is going to be rather large on top of this. So just yeah. let you know that it's not like it's not like a little picture disc or whatever. This no. is a big, heavy book which is you can always fly from america and pick it up b <laughs> if, if, if someone in america bids for it but um yeah but but uh we will be setting a minimum reserve starting bidding price of 500 dollars on this um which is well below what you would buy it anyway through ebay and things yeah we will put a, a minimum starting reserve of that uh this one will be launched accordingly so check out the platforms and all the particular sites that she'll be on and get your bids in because i just think this is going to be one that's going to be he- heavily sort of bidded on by many people and we would love to you know as i said you know reward the person who um obviously Offers the most cash, be um, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, because we definitely uh, need to um, generate some funds because we're blown a lot and all the production and things like that. And again, we say that sort of lovingly and thank- thankfully because, um, you know, we just actually uh, hired a recording person for the Don't Change gig last week and yes. um, they don't come cheap these days, do they, Be? Yeah, no, no. And gosh, we work very hard as well. We put a lot of our own production time in this between yep. um, other things. So uh, yep. th- it's a big thank you if you can help us out thank you Now, 
Now, just quickly moving ahead with some topics. Um, just in regards to the compilation, there will be a part B to the compilation series because we've really only done part one of all the compilation albums and um, it won't be necessarily next week or the week after. It'll be probably sometime around maybe January, February we'll uh, add on to the compilations uh, just in line with our narrative between, you know, the the timelines we work under. So currently we're about 1994 with these greatest hits and then there'll be a whole lot of uh, compilation stuff towards the 2000s that will uh, definitely do a part B for compilations. Uh, as we said earlier, coming up, we will have the Gary interviews. Um, we hope to release those the first week back in January, uh, and there'll be a couple of episodes there. But B, you're putting your finger up like you've got something very urgent to add, so over to you. Yeah, please get your um, questions in for Gary, and also for yes. Danny as well, Danny Saber, if you've got any questions for Danny, um, let me know. It doesn't matter how you get these questions to us, as long as I see them, because I'm now screenshotting shutting them. <laughs> it's easier. And for those who don't know, Danny Saber has worked with the Rolling Stones. He's done some mm. stuff with you too, but he was the guy principally piecing a lot of the archival stuff together on a production level with Andy Gill uh, for Michael's uh, posthumous solo album. So, yeah. you know, Danny was very thankful that the work he did with Michael led to other type of projects. Mm-hmm. So uh, Danny's going to be on with Nick Egan in a couple of weeks' time. I'll be having a rest yeah. uh, that week. and uh, Well, be- might not. I oh, might right, drag okay. you in at some point. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Don't right. get too comfortable. No, between, look, Danny and Gary and, you know, the other compilation stuff coming up and things, you know, we've got some really, really cool mm. end of year, early new year episodes. So I'm looking forward to them. Yeah. Um, are we going to have a rest? Are we going to tell everybody that we're not going to be around for a, a week? Oh, look, we we will we will probably around sort of Christmas into the new year have a, a probably a two-episode break. Yeah, uh, minimum-wise. But, but you guys need a break from us too. We're probably bamboozing your ears all year. You probably need a <laughs> bit of a break from my waffle and, and uh, B's hijinks. So uh, <laughs> uh, we'll give you an adequate rest from us and uh, vice versa. But uh, we will be charged up for probably, uh, you know, first, second week of January, relaunch in the new year oh yeah don't don't hold back hayden we'll be coming at you all right well we thought we'd go out today with a couple of little gems from the inexcessive uh compilation the one we spoke a bit about a bit earlier in 1982 uh this particular compilation as we said was the deluxe label sort of consolidation of album one and two with some of the major tracks but so uh, we thought we'd go out with uh four of the uh, B-sides that uh, are a little medley there for those who haven't heard these because this is really diving deep. So we have the song Lack of Vocal, as we spoke about earlier, Prehistoria, We Are the Vegetables and The Unloved One. So we're going to go out with a little medley of four songs, maybe about 30 seconds of each, and uh, some of these we spoke in detail earlier. But, uh, again, we like to go where no other podcast or fandom would go before, and that is pretty unique deep diving here, B. So it's a goodbye from me. And just the last thing, don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter, get to get into the competition to win the poster from last week. We've still got that running and you still have time. So get onto the website and submit onto the newsletter and you'll hear all about what goes on behind the scenes. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody. Hi, I'm Michael Hutchins. I'm Andrew Farris. Yes, come on, wake up, we're trying to play some music here.
is the Dutchie. And you've been listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and Bee.